So after the collapse of communism and during the perestroika time, there was a huge vacuum in moral sphere. The government of Russia, the new country of Russia, uh, Russia is the largest country of former Soviet Union, when the Department of Education started establishing the educational system like other countries, we started looking for the moral foundation for the education. You can't teach any subjects. You can't upgrade your students without moral foundation. Dr. Olga Luzinko was an official with the Academy of Educational Sciences of the USSR, responsible for developing concepts for Russian family education. Now, after the fall of communism, the Russian Minister of Education asked Dr. Olga to research and develop the best morals to teach in Russian schools. After looking at various educational models, Dr. Olga and her colleagues decided to teach biblically-based morals. She met with educators to develop a plan, and in the process of developing that plan, she herself became a follower of Jesus Christ in 1992. Now, Dr. Olga, I want to welcome you to the United States, and welcome to Bot Radio Network in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much. It's a big privilege to be in your radio station. We're also privileged to have in the studio with us your husband, Fred. Fred, hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Thank you very much. It's my privilege to be here in your studio as well. Now, Fred, originally you were born in uh, China. Yes, I was born in Red China. Because of persecution, your family had to leave? Because of uh, Stalin's persecution, my family actually fled for their lives into the China and lived there for over 30 years. I was born and raised in Red China. So the persecution actually was in Russia or in China? It was in Soviet Union. So that's where you left Soviet Union to go to China? That's where my parents left Soviet Union to go to China, and I was born in China. And what kind of work did your father do? My father was truck driver at the time. Basically, when I was born, we were ranchers. We were farmers. Now, in 1995, Dr. Olga, you left Russia, went to Canada, was where Fred was living. That's where you guys met. And what was the circumstances surrounding your first meeting? Well, uh, I met Fred in my office in the Department of Education. I was responsible for moral education, and there was a lot of mission directors would come through the projects we were running, trying to promote Bible-based education throughout the Russian education system. The Kindness Foundation was established in 1992 specifically for this purpose, to help governmental education system to implement Bible into the subjects, different subjects we're teaching in schools to implement Bible-based morality into the society at large. Now, this is going to be a shock to the, our Bot Radio Network listeners right now. Did you just say, Dr. Olga, that the Russian government asked you to develop some curriculum to teach school children that was based on the Bible? I mean, my goodness. I remember when I was a student in school, in public school in Memphis, in the early elementary days where we actually had a class chaplain that every morning would read a selection of Scripture to our class, and we would have prayer, pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States. I don't believe that takes place anymore in our country, but you have been asked to develop curriculum that would address some of the social issues among youth. Somewhat of a tailspin, I guess, after the fall of communism, what type of standard or moral principles they would be building their lives on. That's true. We should start from the point of that for 75 years in Soviet Union was only one morality, and it was communist morality based on the fathers of the communist Marx, Engels, and Lenin. There was other morality which was hidden very much under the ground uh, during all 
75 years because culturally and historically Russia belonged to the Bible-based morality and it's part of Russia, Ukraine and other countries from former Soviet Union, part of European civilization, which is based on the Bible foundation at large. So for 75 years, this morality was forbidden. There was uh, only communist morality exists and atheism was running through the educational system all across uh, Soviet Union. So after the collapse of communism and during the perestroika time, there was a huge vacuum in moral sphere. The government of Russia, the new country of Russia, uh, Russia is the largest country of former Soviet Union. When the Department of Education started establishing the educational system, like other countries, we started looking for the moral foundation for the education. You can't teach any subjects. You can't upgrade your students without moral foundation. And at that period of time, there's a huge vacuum in moral sphere because we lost this communist morality and we didn't have anything. So there was a time when uh, the educators were searching and doing uh, research, finding out what kind of morality Russia will belong to. I'd like to back up a little bit. When you were a little girl, your grandmother used to read the Bible to you. At that time, did you think because you were living in Russia as a communist country where the Bible was forbidden, you know, to be uh, taught, did you think that this was a special book given to us by God or maybe just a book of fables for children when your grandmother read from the Bible to you? I have a great respect for my grandmother because she was the one who introduced me to the truth when I was five years old girl. Being I was born and raised in Soviet Union, I remember till today that how dangerous it was to even speak about the Christianity. So my grandmother... Dr. Oga, excuse me, when you say dangerous, what specifically do you mean by being dangerous? Uh, if your student is talking positively um, or identify you, yourself as a Christian, you can be punished and they will just send you away from the school. If somebody will find that my grandmother would keep her Bible in a secret place in the storage, the whole family could go to prison concentration camp. But my grandmother kept her Bible because she was a Christian and she received this Bible from her grandmother. So when I turned five, she decided to introduce me to this book, even knowing that a little child can share with its friends about this book. But she thought it's very important that child from the very small childhood became to know about the Lord and know this famous book. And that's what she started. She invited me to the darkness of the storage, closed the door, put on the candle, and started reading me Bible and introduced then this Bible stories in simple language. She tried to put seeds in my heart, so she trusted that these seeds will grow through all my life, and that's how I became to know the Lord, and it will really bless my life. That is so exciting to know that the hearts of children are prepared to receive God's Word. And even though it might not take root or it might not change the heart right then, God's Word is still shared and the prayers of your grandmother and seeing where you are today and what God has done in your life. 1992, prior to this, when you were involved with this search for the curriculum, creating a curriculum for the Russian schools, how did the Bible become the book of choice when deciding to develop the curriculum? As a historian, I can easily tell you that history of Russia is showing very clear. Everything in Russia and uh, many other countries of former Soviet Union based on uh, the history, culture, and actually all the government institutions, judicial system, everything based on the Bible. The first laws for the old Russia was taken from the Bible. So there was a Bible laws actually was working in the old country of Russia. That's how all the cultural architecture, literacy came to Russia. Uh, the first alphabet was designed by the two Greeks 
who came from Russia trying to translate Bible from Greek to Russian language, and they developed alphabet because there was no literacy at that time in Slavic tribes, which was living in the area when the former Russia will be. So they developed alphabet based on the Greek alphabet, and then they translated Bible from Greek to the Slavic language, use this alphabet, Cyrillic alphabet. That's how we got our alphabet. And we appreciate that Russia is still celebrating this special holiday, even it was actually was during all the Soviet time. They're celebrating the Literacy Day. So that's how Bible began to be the foundation for the country of Russia. So it was part of your heritage. And yeah. this was kind of understandably so that you might look at this particular book to see how it might be implemented into this curriculum. Was there any opposition from those inside the educational system when you decided that the Bible was going to be your choice? On that time, it was huge opposition. You need to keep in mind that for 75 years, all the government officials was appointed if there was a communist party members. All the Communist Party members was atheists. That was a rule. And you can imagine when we, this group of educators and researchers, when they found out that we need to put the Bible morality as a foundation for the moral educational system in Russia. So it was a huge opposition of that period of time. But there was also people who were thinking very clear that Russia needs this foundation and only on that foundation it will grow and flourish in the future. Dr. Olga, can you describe what was happening with you personally up to the point of your discovery that Jesus Christ desired to have a personal relationship with you? You shared about your grandmother reading the scriptures as a child. Obviously, life went on in the point where you were right then prior to coming to Christ. What was happening in your life? My life was uh, very simple for many, you know, hundreds of thousands of students who was growing up during the Soviet time. I, I was participating in the Soviet very ethnic school. And so when I graduated, I moved to Moscow and I was learning history in the Moscow University. And the main subject was atheism, of course, together with history. But even atheism was reminding us about the Bible because this was all about the Bible, Christianity, and atheism lessons. The second time I saw Bible, it was University Library when, when students was invited to observe this book. Like the professor said, if you would like to see, observe this book, I was talking about so long. So when I suddenly opened this book, it was a very old book, I just opened the page with a story my grandmother read me when I was a little girl. You remember that story? I remember that story. That was a prodigal son story. All the stories and all our meetings with my grandma came to my mind. There was a second time when I was really seriously thinking about my life and that I should change it. But there was no Christians around me who helped me. So what happened next when I was doing research later on, and became to be involved with the moral education. Of course, that's really played a great role, um, that I know about Bible, I know some stories, and I know the importance of this book. And when this group of people, the educators, the, the researchers, together with me, we was all discussed what kind of morality will be the best for the education system of Russia, we all made the corporate decision that Bible-based morality is the best. Because culturally, historically, again, Russia belonged to European civilization and European civilization based on a Bible foundation. 
I wished our American educators would see that value too. Dr. Oga, you mentioned a little about the opposition when you first presented the Bible as book of choice for this new curriculum of teaching morals to Russian school children. Tell us about some of the challenges that you did have. What was the turning point that allowed the Bible to be used in the schools? It was a very good time. So I would imagine that the Kindness Foundation was established in 1992, and a lot of Christians from around the world helped us to implement Bibles into education system at that period of time. That was a very good time because we was rewriting communist curriculums like old curriculums. We managed to put a block of lessons which have chapters from the Bible into the textbooks of literature and textbooks of history, the governmental curriculums for the schools, which requires teachers who are teaching these lessons to read the Bible and encourage students who are answering these questions to read the Bible as well. It was uh, specifically done to encourage students and teachers to read the Bible. But that period of time until today, the main problem we have, we don't have enough Bibles. Because teachers who are teaching this subject, they must have Bible to prepare the lessons. And those teachers uh, really would like to give more information about the Bible. They would like to implement Bible in more lessons. I think it's important, too, that we mention that these teachers that are teaching the Bible, they have been trained or are being trained on how to do that. They're being trained to teach literature and history. You know, having this Bible as a textbook, so they, they needed the Bible to teach this, you know, literature and history, if we are talking about these two subjects. But a Bible became to be known, and Kindness Foundation was, uh, since 1992, doing seminars for the teachers, those teachers who would be interested in teach Bible or implement Bible in their own subjects. It's not only history and literature. It could be any subjects, but teacher who feel that he or she would like to implement Bible values in the subject uh, would be able to do that. That's what our seminar is all about. We encourage teachers to write the programs, how they can implement Bible, for example, in uh, lessons of art or lessons of music, or English lessons, or French lessons, or whatever subjects they're teaching, even including the science. So the Bible would be foundational for all of, of these subjects. Right. Then we're publishing the best. We're doing competition in these programs, and we're publishing the best one, and they are available for the other teachers across Russia. We're also publishing Eternal World magazine, which is specifically focused for the teachers and giving them materials, Bible verses, because not, again, I would like to repeat myself, not everybody would have Bible, so we're publishing verses from the Bible in this Eternal World magazine. We're also having in lesson form different information from the Bible. We're having special block of lessons, how to prepare students for the Christmas celebration or how to prepare students and families for Easter celebration. So it's a lot of meetings should be done in schools in different levels and a special program for the teacher's design different level, kindergarten, elementary, high school, they can use which already designed. Since its implementation into the Russian schools, what has been the Bible's acceptance, not only from students, but from their parents as well? Traditionally, parents are the ones who introduced child to the Bible. In Russia, because for 75 years, three generations of Russian, Russian people was out of the Bible. Right now, through the schools, through the school teachers who are start teaching uh, teachers and Bible values uh, at schools, uh, students begin to know about the 
treasure of the Bible, they are bringing this news and this information to the families. And if they will bring with them Bibles, which is our desire that each student's school will receive their own Bible. So the whole family start using this book. And we have a lot of examples when they through this reading together Bible in a family, a lot of families change to the better way. The alcoholic's father just came to know that he is not doing right. The family improved. Uh, we have a lot of examples that child would help to reestablish good relationship between their parents. So that's on and on. So now children, the ones who introduce their parents and grandparents to the Bible. That is such exciting news. Uh, Dr. Olga, during the 1995 parliamentary elections in Russia, you received threats on your life uh, due to your Christian testimony and support of conservative political ideas that forced you to move to Canada, which we mentioned at the beginning of our program. And God has his way of working because it was through that that you met Fred, providential that he led you to Canada. Uh, How has the situation and the move to Canada affected your involvement with the project in the Russian schools now? The government is still allowing you to continue this work. Of course, because still keeping my position as a president of Kindness Foundation in Russia and in Ukraine right now as well. We still have written agreement with the Russian Department of Education and Academy of Education for Russia, as well as with Department of Education of Ukraine and Academy of Education of Ukraine, so which has given us possibility to do joint project with them, uh, doing international conferences and moral education and moral issues and doing seminars for teachers, publishing a journal about magazine in both countries, uh, different issues, different right. languages, different articles. They're all designed by the Ukrainian and Russian educators in both countries, but they all the goal for both of these magazines are to introduce Bible to the teachers and to the students and to the families. We have international youth camp. We're doing specifically in Russia and Ukraine for 20 years right now. Kindness Foundation bringing Christian students and adults from United States, Canada, Australia to Russia and Ukraine. And we are doing wonderful Christian program where uh, giving out Bibles, and we're giving chance to Russian students and Ukrainian students to know about God and about the uh, the good things which He is providing to our lives. So it's changed their lives tremendously. Uh, the situation in the countries of Russia and Ukraine is changing as well to the positive way. We hope that these young people who started programs 20 years ago, they became to be students at the universities and researchers, which was done by the government, not by kindness because we don't have money to do research. But the research which was done and was published, that the main concern for the young people, 20, 21 years old right now, the first is economy situation, which they do have in Russia, and the second concern is a moral they are not happy with the morality which is happening, which is actually right now present in Russia. They would like to change into the better way, which is showing that they acknowledge the morality can be different. They acknowledge that corruption is not the way they should uh, live with. And it's really indicating that this student was introduced to the better morality, meaning Bible-based morality. This Amen. is our hope. 
Fred. So when you first met Dr. Olga, was in her office where you first met? I met Dr. Olga in her office in Moscow at the Department of Education. To get to her office, you had to go to the first floor office, which was where the KGB was. And then on the third floor was the KGB office. So you were kind of sandwiched in between the KGB, who was quite active, <laughs> maybe very curious. And here you are talking with this high government officer, Dr. Olga. Yes. I'm not too sure if they were very much aware of who I was and what I was doing there, but I was aware of who they were. Us Westerners, we heard so much about uh, KGB activities and what they do. And when I realized that Olga's office was sandwiched between these two floors, I was very apprehensive. When I came to Olga's office and we discussed about implementing creation materials in education system, and after we were done with our project, she would pull out a piece of paper and start questioning me about biblical issues, biblical questions. For example, what is a water baptism? Why do you need to be baptized? What is the relationship between you and God? And so on and so forth. And I knew then that if I should somehow miss the question or answer it the wrong way, I could end up in Siberia <laughs> because I knew where I was sitting. Little did I know, I only found out when Olga came to Canada that those were actually her personal questions. She already shared that she has come to know the Lord, but there were many things that she wanted to be enlightened in as far as scriptures were concerned. So those were her sole questions, if you will, rather than just interrogation. It was the parliamentary elections in Russia in 95 that caused you to leave. There was actually some threats on your life, which were mentioned. You went to Canada. Did you go looking for Fred when you first went? I was invited by the organization Fred was a leader on and on that time. And I also was invited by the Russian Society in Vernon to spend Christmas with them, with this church. And that's how I came to Canada. Was that, to your knowledge, was that one of the first times that you had an opportunity to celebrate Christmas in a free country? Or did you have memories of celebrating Christmas similar in Russia? No, it was very special for me uh, because it was different celebration than I had, was used to. It's really was highlight for me and the true Christians and this church who was really honestly and very widely celebrate this special event for all the Christians. Those really touched my heart. Uh, it was precious for me, and I was rejoicing together with them yes. during these holidays. So it was really great for me. Fred, when did you realize that your getting to know Dr. Olga was more than just for educational purposes and for ministry, sharing what the Bible meant, that there was something special about her and that you believe that God had her for you? Um, usually women talk about these issues, and very seldom I hear them from men. There wasn't any romance to talk about, if you will. However, I knew that God had somebody special for me. God had revealed it to an old lady who prayed for me all the time while, while I was in the ministry. The Lord spoke to her in, in a special way and let her know that he has somebody for me and for me not to turn away from it. And when Olga came to Canada, to Vernon, and when she shared with me about threats on her life and asked me for an advice, what should she do? Well, first thing I told her that uh, she should not go back because it was too dangerous for her to go back. Myself and other mission directors, we already discussed about that, and we 
made sure that she had a, a ticket six months in advance before the elections. So we knew that she should not go back. Now, as to what she needs to be doing, we did not know. Of course, uh, for a long time, I did not know that she was a single lady. For me, she was a highly placed official, government official, and I needed to work with her, and that's where everything ended. But when she came to Canada, I discovered that she was a single lady. So it sort of came all together, and I thought, well, the Lord is leading me to a person who can be uh, my helpmate, and we can do a lot of work together. So two or three days later, when, when she says, well, so what do you think, what I should do? So I just said, well, I think we should get married. <laughs> <laughs> and I think our listeners probably know uh, who Dr. Dwayne Gish with Creation Science Institute. He's a good friend of Olga's and, and mine, and he worked with us in Russia for many years before that. And when he found out that we were married, he said to me, he says, you know, my wife and I were talking about this, and I said to Holly, he said, what is Fred waiting for? A kick from God? Can, can he see that Olga was meant for him? So, <laughs> so Dr. Olga, when Fred popped the question so directly, and uh, you were seeking advice from him, and he said that he thought you should get married, what was your response? Uh, it was kind of, I didn't expect that. Uh, was I said, I need to think. And I really needed to think about the situation, but... Uh, She's a true educator. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> so that's... But the decision was yes. After a while, I just uh, agreed to do that. But, of course, the great rule was, for me personal, that Fred is a Christian person, a uh, very deep Christian person. And so that's really played a great role because I became to be part of the Christian society immediately. And I can learn a lot. And, uh, of course, Christians are the ones who are uh, was my ideal and still is my ideal. I would just like to follow. I was so happy to be one of them. And so that's why I say yes and join Fred. So, and he joined me. <laughs> that is a wonderful story. Dr. Olga and Fred Luzinko, I want to thank you for what each of you are doing for Christ's kingdom to make God's word known to those in Russia and the Ukraine. Thank you for sharing with Bot Radio Network. Thank you so much. It's our privilege. Thank you. It's a privilege to be with you, to meet you and speak in your radio station. We bless you and hope your radio station will be even more successful. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. That's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.